Chapter thirty three of A King in Babylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A King in Babylon by Burton Egbert Stevenson. Chapter thirty three. Epilogue. It was last night I read them the story clustered around the table in Creel's library. They were all there, Creel and his wife, and Molly and Davis, and old Digby, and when I had finished, they sat silently for a moment, weighted down with poignant memory. Then Creel leaned forward across the table and held out his hand. It's fine, he said. Nobody could have done it better. I tried to protest that it was no great feat, that I had only set down what had happened, that there was no art about it. But Creel wouldn't listen, nor would the others, and Molly's eyes were very tender. The only trouble with it is, said Ma Creel at last, that it doesn't end. It just stops. There isn't any end, said Creel. There never will be, not as far as we're concerned. We'll have to imagine it for ourselves. And then there was another silence, broken only by the rustling of paper, as I gathered my manuscript together. Each of us, I suppose, was trying to imagine what the end had been many things have happened since that day how long ago it seems when we said good-bye to the oasis Sikinyen ray rests gloriously in a glass case at the metropolitan there are rumors of a great work which davis is preparing we had our hour of triumph too when a king in babylon was shown for the first time but i needn't tell that story those who haven't seen the picture have at least read about it for the papers gave flaring headlines to the sensation that it created and then more flaring headlines to the money it was earning a poem makes a million a gold mine in poet's corner well those were exaggerations but not such great ones at least we were on easy street again with reputations re-established the trouble was to live up to it davis sat there scrabbling at his beard in the familiar way and looking at us with that quizzical smile of his Yes, he said at last we shall have to imagine the end for ourselves. What is your guess mrs. Williams? I'm almost afraid to think of it answered Molly slowly for of course they just rode on and on till they could go no farther Nonsense broke in Creel they traveled on and on till they came to a wonderful oasis far out in the desert whose people had never seen a white man, and they're living there today, worshipped as gods, just as they were in Egypt four thousand years ago. Behold the movie imagination working, commented Davis. I'm afraid you'll never outgrow it, Creel. I don't want to outgrow it, Creel retorted. It's a heaven-sent gift. Come, then, since you're so wise, tell us what really happened davis smiled around at us again and there was something in his face that brought us upright oh professor ma creel began do you really know i really know very little and i warn you it isn't at all romantic it won't make a picture well let's have it anyway growled creel what i do know amounts to this it wasn't toward the illimitable desert that jimmy allen rode away that night it was toward another oasis not far south of ours mustafa confessed to me that he had told allen about it and how to get there allen had been consulting him it seems yes i broke in i stumbled over them one night with their heads together of course mustafa was well paid creel added 
and no doubt he has taken care that the two shouldn't perish creel ran his hand perplexedly through his hair i always admire your explanations professor he said they're adroit and they hang together but they never satisfy me for there is an element and a very important one you don't take into account a supernatural element poof scoffed davis and furthermore they haven't always worked out you will remember you couldn't find any opening at the back of the ruins not so much as a crack i had only an hour to look for it davis broke in you are in such an infernal hurry to leave besides the sand may have drifted over it and finally creel concluded i have the feeling that all these theories of yours have been just a sort of desperate barricade between yourself and the unknown why i admit that cried davis i've tried to find a rational explanation for events which were very puzzling and i haven't always succeeded we'll give you one more chance said creel assuming that jimmy did conspire with mustafa and reach the oasis what was his game do you mean to say that all those heroics were a fake no davis answered slowly i don't think they were a fake at least not altogether jimmy was desperately in love with that girl he felt that he couldn't live without her and he realized that the only way he could get her was by some monstrous coup but events got a grip on him and whirled him along out of his depth and undoubtedly there was a psychic element which grew stronger and stronger he was just a sort of inspired lunatic at the end it's always dangerous to meddle with the unknown his voice trailed away and again there was a little silence it was almost like those shadowed days in the desert do you know the position of that oasis creel demanded at last mustafa does by george i've a notion to organize an expedition and test your theory consider my position professor i discover the greatest star the screen has ever known i produce a tremendous picture and then i'm done my star has disappeared why if necessary i'll go out to that oasis and build a studio there oh you won't have to do that said davis some night there'll come a knock at the door will there i wonder end of chapter thirty three epilogue and end of a king in babylon by burton egbert stevenson